Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Hey, welcome back to the Fuel Podcast. We're here at the NADA 2024. Wow, 24 already. And we're in Las Vegas, and I got two special guests with me from Strategic Source. I've got Doug Austin. And I've got Chris Austin back. Hey, welcome back to the show, Chris. Thank you for having me again. I'm glad to be back on. Good to uh, finally meet you in person, actually, at the show. <laughs> I'm glad you finally just, yeah. I know we had to drag him in here, but I'm glad That's he's right. here. <laughs> yeah, we got him here, right? So, Doug, you know, um, it, we, we had Chris on the show. He kind of went through, like, strategic source and from his side of it, kind of where it came from and, like, what you guys do. And we went a little bit more in depth with that. But what I'd like to do is just kind of give the listeners some background of yourself. So if you kind of go back, you know, some history of yourself and then kind of how you got into what you're doing now with the strategic source and then just kind of walk us through that. Yeah, I appreciate that. So um, I got out of the military in uh, 1976. I went to work for Northwest Airlines and uh, jumped right into school. I was going to school full-time on the GI Bill and working my way up. I was in a union job and eventually promoted into management. I was running uh, different shifts in a warehouse operation. And then they asked me if I'd be interested in taking over the purchasing department. So purchasing was broken up in three areas, fuel, pl- uh, parts, and I had everything else. So I learned the purchasing world, and then I took over again the warehouse and distribution group. Ninety-two, we had an opportunity for senior leaders to, to um, go out on a severance program if we were interested. And there was a lot of outsourcing going on in HR and IT and legal and things like that. And I had a pretty good feel for the purchasing space. So I thought this is an opportunity for us to build a business and outsource purchasing. So I left in 92, we were playing around with the model for a few years. By 2000, we had kind of settled on what the model was. And so we've been working in uh, automotive dealerships, real estate, manufacturing, schools, and the whole objective is really to do three things, to help cut costs, um, save time, and reduce risk. So that's what we do today. So <clears throat> Strategic Source today is about 35 people. We're based in Minnesota. We've got clients all over the country. And uh, that's our business model, try to help them reduce costs, improve profitability, and, and reduce risk. Yeah, so last time when I had Chris on, one of the things that really touched with me or like was a lot of fun to hear somebody say this because you don't hear it often is how like you were very cognizant of relationships and the, and the standing relationships with, with people you go in and talk to and things of that nature. So Chris, do you want to kind of touch back on that? Yeah. So, you know, one of the, we're very a metric driven company and rely on our metrics to look at our history, you know, where we've been, where we're going. And one of the interesting pieces is, you know, part of our service is keeping the relationships that our clients have intact already, just improving the pricing. So we know a lot of dealers, based on where they're located geographically, are very loyal to the community. You know, the community is the community that supports them. They're buying their, their trucks and vans and parts and service and so on. So, you know, a rake we kind of stepped on years ago was trying to drive our clients to what we call our certified suppliers, which are national. Great solutions, but what we found after we listened to our clients is that they wanted to stay local. They want to stay with the same suppliers that are supporting them. Um, 
you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a brother-in-law, you know, down the street that has a glass operation or. Uh, Everybody's got a cousin or something that's in the business. That's right. right or someone cleaning your dealership. So very important to stay local in the community and, uh, and support those businesses. So what we do, uh, we have a lot of benchmarks, whether it's on office supplies or shop supplies or credit card processing. We're up to about 130, 150 categories that most dealerships spend money on. But the benchmarks are so useful because we can understand, and we hear this quite a bit from owners, what is this relationship costing me? They want to know if the price they have is competitive or if there's a lot of room for improvement. So we kind of take the politics out and can show them based on their invoicing or usage reports if their pricing is competitive or not. If not, then we firm it up. So it keeps it simple. Yeah, and, and one of the things that we were talking about earlier um, is how beneficial the NADA show has been for you in your categories and expanding your categories. You know, when we talk expenses, like with my customers and things like that, that's something that comes up all the time and saying, hey, you know, I need to look at this or I need to look at that. But how granular you guys get with, you know, what you're paying for toilet paper and sure. things like that yeah. is impressive. But you also go a step further with analytics, correct? Sure. Yeah. You're talking about the spend analysis? Yeah, yeah, spend analysis. Yeah. So our actually our sourcing uh, uh, director is out walking around building those relationships. So it's really deepening. Uh, what we call our certified suppliers, that we vetted them. We make sure they have a good name in the community, uh, competitive pricing, uh, great service level is also important because to us, we're not always recommending the cheapest supplier. All that is factored in because we, you know, any group can come in, any company can come in and cut their costs by 30%, but if the service doesn't support it, then it's just a headache on the back end. So we've got tons of analytics, tons of data. As we wrap up uh, 2023, a lot of that uh, audit, uh, you know, how suppliers are performing. You know, we put a new uniform agreement in place. Are the prices being honored for the shirts, the pants, the mats, and so on? So very metric-driven, Very an- a lot of analytics that we use to uh, make decisions on the suppliers that, that our clients are working with. So. Yeah, so Doug, I mean, you said 1992, right? right? So, I mean, we're in 2024, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. What a, I mean, from your experience, like, how much has this evolved? From when you started this? Boy, we uh, we didn't know what we didn't know. When um, Chris was going to college and I was pulling him out, in some of these engagements, we were ignorant enough to think that there was about 30 expense categories in dealerships. And we got our first start in dealerships in 2000. I think we were invited to a 20 group at that time. We went to Cabo, but Chris and I were working on a, a big group that had uh, North Dakota roots, kind of rural-based stores. We thought there was 30 categories. Today, we know there's 150. And and the reason we know that is we've done hundreds and thousands of dealerships now. But we've got, as Chris mentioned, we've got two people today walking around the floor of NADA as we speak, learning about new categories that a year ago we didn't have. Uh, we're working on floor plan financing and, and uh, other categories that we don't have a lot of expertise in, so we're learning that. So we've evolved a lot. Um, we don't have all the answers, but I would tell you this, we did about 2,300 sourcing projects in 2023. And of those sourcing projects, we probably collected 20,000 price benchmarks. Wow. So we are able to say at any given time, what is that shop towel, what that should cost, what's that three-ring binder, what does that cost, what does a credit bureau cost, because of all that sourcing activity. 
20 years ago, we didn't have that. We had to build that up over time. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, well, but it's just more and more data. is like, you know, with Dynatron, the more and more information we have and the more and more data we can present, the more granular we can get yeah. with it. And it's really eye-opening, yeah. you know, the power of data and the power of metrics and then how to attack it, how to look at it. And then I'd say look at it practically, you know, with those relationships and with what makes sense. I mean, we always talk about what makes sense in the industry of what you're doing and how you're doing it, and then how we can just better better that, and then keep a, uh, I always say keep a pulse on it. Sure. Like, how do you keep a pulse on it, and how do you partner with somebody strategically, you know, kind of like what we do with you guys, exactly. and we and, it, and that kind of stuff. So um, another thing we kind of touched on, or what Dynatron's kind of promoting, is these um, virtual performance fixed ops groups, like these, these, these ideas of bringing the front end to the back end together and when we brought that out and we started talking about that at NADA, I think that touched a note for you and an interest for you as well. Yeah, so um, what, I, I guess that was another uh, a way that, that we've evolved. So when we first started out, it was all about expense control, right? And what we learned was that if, if we can go in and cut the costs of, of you know, 1,000 items by 25%, that is not the hard part. The hard part is trying to keep that cost cut sustainable and, and sticky over time. Well, we've learned that we need to get our purchasing policies in place with the, with the client and, and we need to get our audits in place to make sure that those prices are really coming in. So there's a lot of administrative and, and uh, things behind the scene that will help sustain that. But in addition to that, while we were focused only on, on cost cutting, we also learned that there was new revenue, top line revenue opportunities, and that might be maybe we bring a supplier in to teach us, uh, the dealer how to sell tires or key fobs. So this is a new top line source. Or in Dynatron's case, how do I recover greater dollars back from the OEMs? That's something we didn't do five years ago because we didn't know about it. Now we're a little bit smarter and then we've investigated those alternatives we've we've generated again more ideas uh so we can not only affect the expense line but on the audit side and the recovery side as well not something we did 10 years ago yeah and i think it's really big for empowering like general managers and stuff you know especially when they come into a store i mean like the biggest thing they're looking at is what do we need to cut first you right. know, and in some cases, in, in, in my situations with Donatron, I mean, we've, we've been on the chopping block, so we've got to make sure we're promoting the value. Yeah. And then being able to have somebody like yourself to talk to them and be able to find other areas, strategic areas that they can make these moves in. It's like, you know, hey, even though you want it and you, and you got to cut it now, you don't have to. And then being able to kind of roll with that. that so, I mean, that's just something beneficial, again, with data. But then, you know, having those partnerships and being able to talk about it and bring you on to talking to some of our people, talking to the people that are going to be going through the Fixed Ops Virtual Performance Group and being a part of that. So, you know, as we get more conversations going and things like that, I mean, I'm probably going to lean on you to jump in there. I'm sure you're not scared to jump in and have those conversations. Not at all. <laughs> I, you know, and in fact, I was talking to one of our people this morning in the booth. The challenge that dealers have in particular is when they look at a P&L, they're looking at 25 lines, and they're trying to figure out how in the heck am I going to cut 10% or 15% out of my organization. Well, the reality is the 25 lines on that P&L really mean 150 expense categories. So the, the, the bad news is it summarizes your expenses too much 
and we need to be able to drill down into where are the dollars and they're usually going to be in the 150 categories and until you do that you're really not going to have a workable plan to go in and, and start cutting costs so and then kind of to, to pivot off of that one of the other things that me and chris started talking about is you guys have a real passion when it comes to veterans and, and how you communicate with them. And I think we were talking about how you kind of get them reassimilated back to civilian livelihood yeah. and, and get them back in that. So how did that kind of start with your platform that you have now? And then what do you guys kind of do to, to focus on that for the yeah, veterans? I appreciate you asking that. So um, my dad and his two brothers quit high school to join the Navy during World War II. Another uh, uh, uncle went in the... Uh, Air Force, so we've got a veteran community in the, in the family. I was a Marine from 72 to 76, and Marines are kind of crazy about being Marines. It's, it's just a different fraternity. But in 2012, in the Minnesota area, the unemployment rate for veterans was double what it was for the civilian group. The military, it's, it's a great place to go and get experience, but they don't do a good job preparing veterans to transition the civilian world. So in my experience, I've been a hiring manager for 40 years. I know what we look for in resumes and, and talent. And we, so then we, we started an initiative to help veterans get their resumes um, to a point where they were more marketable and we could get them networked. So I partnered, I, I helped on the resume side, another Marine captain that I worked with uh, did some networking and you know, between the two, we've impacted about a thousand veterans in, in oh, the wow. Twin Cities. Wow! With networking and with resumes, but then in addition to that, then what we do um, as a company, we shut down operations on November 10th, which is a Marine Corps birthday. So all Marines, whether you're in Minneapolis or Japan or in Germany, wherever, Marines celebrate the Marine Corps birthday. It's kind of a nutty thing. So we, we take over a VFW and, and we celebrate the Marine Corps birthday and we also invite other veterans in. So most recently in, on November 10th, we had 100 veterans in. We had lunch for them uh, provided. We handed the microphone around to every one of them, which is really kind of a cool thing because they can then say, yeah, I served in the US Air Force from these years and this is what I did. And they really like to talk about that. and. So we pass the microphone around. Uh, we have awards. We had a, a, a member of the Israeli Defense Force. Oh, cool! That spoke to our group. Um, he, he served in the IDF. And with all the stuff going on with Hamas and Israel, we thought that that would be helpful. And the people just loved that. Um, what else did we do? We had a cake cutting for the Marine Corps cake, and then we had a cake cutting for the for the veterans. But it was really special. In fact. A TV crew came in, filmed it, and put it on TV that day. Local news station. The local news station? We That's fantastic. We weren't trying to promote strategic source. We were trying to get um, coverage on the vets, and it was yeah. pretty cool. I mean, that's what that's what me and Chris were talking about it, and he kind of went into it a little bit. That's why I love so much about it. I get a lot of people asking me as far as the podcast is concerned and yep. things like what are we doing for veterans or if we're doing anything special for veterans, yep. even with, from the Dynatron aspect. <coughs> so, I mean, when he was telling me some of the events you guys put on, and it's you're just using what you have to be able to do this for them. It's a way to give back. That's right. And actually, um, four weeks after that, we always do a Toys for Tots. Again, it's a, 
it's a Toys for Tot campaign sponsored by the Marine Reserves, but we get donations from all of our employees and then we do a company match. So I think we had almost $7,000. And then what we do is we pick a day, we go over to Walmart and we give, we put all of our employees in teams of two and we have a competition. You have to spend $1,400 uh, in 30 minutes buying toys for the Toys for Tots program. <laughs> yeah, it's like that TV and show where they yeah, got to run around with the cart. Yeah. And we get a dedicated it. line in the Walmart checkout, and we've got people hustling around. They're grabbing bikes, and they're grabbing dolls and gloves and watches. It is. What do we hit, 7,000 this year? 7,000. 7, we wow. had, uh, wow. I think, four hundred four hundred and twelve toys. And so then we load them all up in our trucks. We take them to Toys for Tots, we drop them off, we take pictures of our guys, and then we go and do a celebration lunch. So those are really the two two big things, the kids and the vets. So, you know, as you guys start to develop more relationships, again, you're conscientious of relationships from vendors to clients, yep. but as they start to meet with you, start to have the value with, with you, and, and then they start to understand some of the outside stuff you do with the veterans, do you see any dealers wanting to participate or any customers wanting to participate? We haven't asked yet, but I would tell you that last year I was telling these same stories to, uh, because we had invited suppliers into our booth last year to, to exhibit there, and uh, I was telling some of those stories, and we had suppliers that wanted to contribute. So, and and I, uh, I, I don't, we don't take a penny from a supplier. That's just our business model. But I had a supplier reach out and said, Doug, I want to give to your Toys for Tots. So they cut us a check we matched it and so we might do more of that uh, going forward we just I, I just don't like to ask suppliers for things and i'll ask you want me to ask them, yeah. I'll, ask them. <laughs> but, I'll ask them right now yeah. we're on the fuel podcast and we're asking that you guys step in if you're about vets and if you're about kids yep. let's reach out let's get people connected with you and let's just really have some fun with this like you said you guys are doing really outrageous things as far as getting them back and like critiquing them on how to assimilate back, how to do a resume better. And then I don't know of many other people who are taking that step and then also not promoting it. I mean, it's pretty impressive that you're doing it for the right reasons. So I think everybody needs to know about this and that you're doing it for the right reasons. There's nothing behind it and you're doing a great job of it. We've been blessed. We realize that and that's our way to give back. And it's a great team building thing too. I mean, we just really so we had our company meeting a couple weeks ago, and we, uh, one of our client service uh, members set up something for Feed My Starving Children. You guys have ever done that where you're packaging food? So we had about, I don't know, 12, 15 of us over there packaging food together and really competing. We were trying to compete against the other tables. <laughs> so we're yelling out every time we complete a box, we yell out one. We got up to 27, so I had my daughter there, yeah. my seven-year-old, so she's just jumping up and down. and. You know, every time we complete a box, and it's just a, it, it's a great way to bring the employees together. Yeah. And like Doug mentioned, we're, we're pretty blessed. And to be able to give back, and, and especially in the community, and you know, to veterans, to kids, it's a, it, it means a lot. It's interesting to see that competitive dynamic, whether they're shopping for toys or packing food boxes. Um, you see the competitive spirit with these guys. And, and you know, in the, in the shopping event that we did for Toys for Tots, we would give the winners... Uh, $25 gift card if they're, but we really had to keep it kind of compressed on time too because you can't drag this thing out for three hours so, <laughs> but it was it was fun I mean so I mean you you, you you make all these differences in these people's lives by this this effort that you're given yeah. do you keep up with any of them 
Uh, we do. Um, you know, or that, so I would tell you that that veteran event, we started in our office. We've got an office that will hold 28, 30 people. Yeah. And, um, and we started that, I think, in 2010. And what, happened, what we did then is we brought food in, and it was kind of like a potluck, a buffet. Well, pretty soon, you know, vets were bringing their wives and their kids. And then we, we'll pick out one or two veterans and, and honor them for how they give back. And we'll do a plaque with their military pictures in it and, and all that and make those presentations. But anyway, we, we outgrew our ability to do it in the office. So now we have to take over a restaurant. And based on what I saw this past November, I'm not sure this VFW will have enough room for us next year. Congratulations. It's a good problem to Congratulations. have. Congratulations. Right? It's a great problem to cool. have. So, so my VP of Ops, at one point we had um, – 40% of our team were veterans. It's not that now. It kind of ebbs and flows. But we've, we train some of our guys. We try to put a civilian skill in their hands. That is to be a buyer. And and so if they leave us or when they leave us, at least they've got a marketable skill to go out and use. In the, yeah. And one of them, one of the young Marines that we had, he had traumatic uh, brain injury in Afghanistan, young, sharp kid. He's now a audit manager for one of the big four accounts. Oh, that's groups. fantastic. So it's fun to see that, you know. Um, I I don't take credit for it, but we helped him with a stepping stone and, you know, helped build his resume a little bit, and then he went off. He wanted to be an accountant, so good for him. So as we kind of wrap down the episode and everything, I like to give the, the last word, the final thought, and we get two of them today with the father and son duo. Um, it's, it can relate to his strategic source in the industry right now, but, I mean, again, it can relate back to, I'm not scared of asking, you know, if dealers are out there in your area and around you, they need to reach out to you. If they're helping veterans, you know, we give military discounts. So if we're trying to get things back to the military, they need to be communicating. So Go to our website. Our, our uh, marketing coordinator, Riley Bolton, has put up, I think, everything that we did for Toys for Tots and everything we did for the veterans event. So there's video clips and a lot of information out there. But, yeah, if, if, uh, if dealers, if suppliers are interested in contributing, we're all in. We'll happy to take that we're promoting it on linkedin as well too just making sure that our you know our clients uh groups we're talking prospects uh suppliers are aware of all the uh, the events and you know that's going throughout the year so it's great to gain exposure and really i think we're just getting started here you know kind of setting the bar of, yeah uh, uh you know attendance and participation so this is looking bigger and bigger each yeah, year we, so we so the, the people that serve at that veterans event are all of our employees they're the ones that are serving food and helping the vets we've got employees that drive in from out of state because they want to be part of that so it's pretty that's cool. that's really impressive yeah. driving in from out of state just because they want to be yeah. there for that event it's, yeah. it's just so what would you say i mean kind of flipping back to the strategic strategic source side what's your biggest focus going into 2024 what are you looking for you know we're really growing we've we've grown a lot we've doubled our sales force to kind of keep up with demand there is a hunger out there for cost reduction we know that we can deliver 25 percent um, so we're trying to staff up. Um, we're growing our, our field force. We're growing our sourcing team. We have met at least a half a dozen new suppliers here that have competencies in areas we don't have. So our category range at 150 is probably going to grow to 165 this year. Wow. So we're, we're getting a broader scope. We can touch more things. And we're looking for more partnerships like we have at Dynatron. You guys have been outstanding. 
You've been great to our clients. Again, we don't receive any compensation from you, but you bring a remarkable value to the clients, and that's all we're asking. Just hit it out of the park. That's what's been great about the show, too. Is So Dan uh, Pantages, who runs our sourcing team, he spends two and a half, three days walking around. As Doug mentioned, we started off as a business. We were about 20, 30 categories we had for our clients. Well, over the years, they said, hey, can you look at our credit card fees? Can you look at our office supplies? So we've really grown our category knowledge based off shows and the relationships that we make at NADA and, and just partners that we're working with on a daily basis so it's it's great to develop new relationships but also see the, uh, the great partners we already have here in you guys yeah. so really appreciate the uh, you guys inviting us on today and and our just continued success that we're having here so absolutely love having you absolutely uh, Doug thank you so much for coming on the podcast today you think you'll come back well, I'd love to. This Absolutely. Great. You guys yeah. do a great job. And Chris, you can't answer that because you already came back. That's so. right. I don't have a choice, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, this concludes this episode for the Fuel Podcast. Thank you gentlemen so much again. Thank you for joining another episode of the Fuel Podcast. Always be sure to like, follow, or subscribe to be notified when new episodes are being dropped. And click the link below to review any of the show notes for additional information. Or you can email the Fuel Podcast with the link as we encourage any feedback or any questions or comments from our listeners. Until next time, I'm your host, Alex Keyes, with the Fuel Podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership.